Hey y'all, Eve's here. We're doubling up today with two events in history. One from me and one from former host Tracy V. Wilson. On with the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's September 17th. The Camp David Accords were signed on this day in 1978. The Camp David Accords were officially titled Framework for Peace in the Middle East and Framework for the Conclusion of a Peace Treaty between Egypt and Israel. And the preamble to the Accords really sums up why they were being pursued. It goes, quote, After four wars during 30 years, despite intensive human efforts, the Middle East, which is the cradle of civilization and the birthplace of three great religions, does not enjoy the blessings of peace. The people of the Middle East yearn for peace so that the vast human and natural resources of the region can be turned to the pursuits of peace and so that this area can become a model for coexistence and cooperation among nations. Those 30 years of warfare that are referenced in the preamble started with the United States' decision to divide the Palestinian territories, which were at that point controlled by Britain, into two states, Israel and Palestine. This followed World War II. The Partition Resolution, as this was described, was announced on November 27, 1947, with the division taking place the following May. These two states that were outlined in the resolution were about the same size, but their borders were a weird interlocking tangle. Parts of each state were nearly surrounded by and cut off from the rest of it by parts of the other. This would have been a complicated border to try to maintain under the best of circumstances, but these were not the best of circumstances. The rest of the region did not want a divided Israeli and Palestinian state, and war began almost immediately. After Israel proclaimed its independence on May 14, 1948, five Arab nations invaded, and in the aftermath, Israel occupied some of the territory that was supposed to have become Palestine, and other nations occupied other parts of it. This separate Palestinian state that had been part of the partition plan wasn't established, and Palestinians became stateless. Then, after the Six-Day War, which spanned from June 5th to 10th, 1967, Israel occupied Egypt's Sinai Peninsula along with the West Bank, the Gaza Strip, and the Golan Heights. Basically, Israel now had a lot of territory that weren't part of this original partition plan at all, and Palestine still did not formally exist. That's when the United Nations unanimously passed Resolution 242, which was an attempt to secure peace in the Middle East. According to this resolution, Israel was supposed to withdraw from all the territory it occupied after the Six-Day War, and the resolution also called for, quote, respect for and acknowledgement of the sovereignty, territorial integrity, and political independence of every state in the area and their right to live in peace within secure and recognized boundaries free from threats or active force. But by 1972, none of the things outlined in that resolution had happened. There was not an acknowledgement of the right to exist, basically, of the other states in the area, and negotiations were at a total standstill after many, many attempts. 
President Jimmy Carter invited Israeli Prime Minister Menachem Begin and Egyptian President Anwar el-Sadat to Camp David, the presidential retreat in Maryland, and they negotiated for 12 days with the president using one document, going back and forth between the two leaders with more than 20 rounds of revisions after attempts to have the three of them negotiating together broke completely down. The final accords outlined a process for Palestinian self-government in Gaza and the West Bank, along with actual steps for a peace treaty between Egypt and Israel and a process for similar peace treaties between Israel and its other neighbors. The peace treaty that Israel and Egypt signed in 1979 had a lot of the same elements that the accords had, although this was a turning point four relations between Israel and Egypt. This was, of course, just one element in the ongoing warfare between Israel and its other neighbors. And it was also only one element in Israel's relationship with Palestine, along with a whole lot of other pieces to this still very complicated and unresolved puzzle. The accords were and continued to be controversial, including the fact that they affected Palestinians without actually involving Palestinians in their creation. Thanks to Christopher Hasiotis for his research work on today's episode, and you can learn a bit more about this in the September 9th, 2009 episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class, which is an interview with Jimmy Carter about these negotiations. Thanks to Tari Harrison for her audio work on this show, and you can subscribe to the Stay in History Class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tomorrow, we have the consolidation of a tremendous empire. Welcome to This Day in History class, where history waits for no one. The day was September 17, 1925. Mexican artist Frida Kahlo was involved in a bus accident that she survived with major injuries. The accident changed the course of her life and deeply affected her artwork. Frida was born in Coyoacan, Mexico in 1907. Her mother was relatively conventional in her worldview, while her father supported her curiosity. Frida was super close to her father, but she was more distant from her mother, who dealt with depression. When she was young, she had polio, which affected her right leg and gave her a limp. She also developed an interest in art and began sketching. In 1922, Frida began attending the National Preparatory School in Mexico City. Her goal was to study medicine at a university. There, she encountered progressive thought and people in the literary community. She became known as a prankster, and she wore indigenous jewelry and clothing. It was at this school where she met artist Diego Rivera. But on September 17, 1925, she was headed back home from school on a bus with her boyfriend, Alejandro Gomez Arias, when the bus ran into a trolley car. Several people were killed immediately in the accident, and more died later from their injuries. Arias only had minor injuries, but a piece of iron went through Frida's pelvis and back that had to be pulled out of her body. Her shoulder was dislocated, her collarbone was broken, 
Her right leg was broken in 11 places, and her spine was also broken in several places. She had surgery and stayed in the hospital for a month, then spent several months at home in bed. Over the course of her life, she underwent as many as 35 operations. Though she aimed to become a medical illustrator, she was in a lot of pain and decided to drop out of school. While she was in recovery, she spent a lot of time painting. Her mother even bought her an easel that helped her paint in bed. She used an overhead mirror to paint self-portraits. During this time, her relationship with Adias ended, but photographer Tina Modotti introduced her to a community of people involved in art and leftist politics. She soon became reacquainted with Diego Rivera, and she joined the Young Communist League, which Rivera founded. In 1929, Kahlo married Rivera when she was 22 years old and he was 42. But their marriage was rocky. They both had affairs, many of Kahlo's with other women. Frida and Diego separated, divorced, and remarried. She also had a miscarriage and several pregnancies that were medically terminated. But throughout their turbulent relationship, they continued their artistic practice and continued to express their political views. Frida's self-portraits viscerally depict her pain. Her art is known for being dark, emotional, and symbolic. She made most of her artwork in the 1930s and 1940s, but she didn't get her first solo show in Mexico until 1953. That was years after her first ever solo exhibition in New York City in 1938. She had to be in bed on the opening night of her exhibition in Mexico City, so she went to the show in an ambulance and stayed there in a bed that was set up for her. A few months after this, Frida's right leg had to be amputated because it was infected with gangrene. She died on July 13, 1954, officially of pulmonary embolism, though there has been speculation that she died by suicide. There is now a museum in Casa Azul, Frida's home in Coyoacan. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If there are any upcoming days in history that you'd really like me to cover on the show, give us a shout on social media at T-D-I-H-C podcast. Thanks for joining me on this trip through time. See you here in the exact same spot tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.